my real name is Hal, right? I'm Just Hal. Trade. Yeah. Like Hal is like the worst name ever. Hal is like a 45 year old guy who has a bowling league. Hey everybody, what's up? Trey Wingo here. Welcome into another edition of Half Forgotten History. Kind of a special episode uh, this time. I'm talking to my good friend Kenny Maine, who, as you know, has just left ESPN and is out uh, doing his post-ESPN career and doing really well already. Kenny and I worked together for a lot of years on a certain show and then on another show. And the thing about ESPN is you only see people that you're working with because there's so many different shows going on during different times of the day. So there was a four or five year run where Kenny was like the only constant face I had. And what a face it was. So enjoy Kenny in all of his Kenniness. Hi. Boat. Car. Old joke. Inside joke, we're not even <laughs> No, no, it's not worth playing. So so how are you feeling? How's life? This minute? I'm great. Yeah. I'm tired. I after I left ESPN officially, like my last show was May 24th, but technically, you know, May 31st. Went to Seattle. I think did I go the next day? I don't know. Yeah, like. Yeah, but I hadn't been, uh, since the whole Trump virus, I had not been West and at all. Like I was, you know, my daughters are at college and and my wife's here, my job was here. And I just wanted to go see my people. I played golf five times, I still suck. I'm horrible at golf, I hate golf. And I love it at the same time. Uh, I, I was saying I should do something else for four hours that I'm terrible at. Let's paint, I'm a horrible artist. So let's walk around on some pretty grass with sand and flags and paint every now and then. Um, but then I went to Los Angeles, made a commercial. Then I went to Las Vegas and talked to people and also played craps and won, strangely. And now I'm back here because uh, our third daughter, Elena, is going to USC. We got her graduation party tonight. So there's Gretchen. Keep it up. Hi, Gretchen. Keep Hi, up. Gretchen. Gretchen. I'll be over there soon. And Bill Walton uh, corrected me. I, I saw him in San Diego the week before because Gretchen and I went with my daughter, Riley, our daughter. He corrected me because I made that reference. Our daughter, my daughter, stepped out, you know, and he says, Kenny, you have four daughters. It's not where you've been. It's where you are. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. I make the mistake and I don't. I love them all. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. I yeah. came with two daughters. Gretchen came with two daughters. We have four yeah. daughters. Uh, it's perfect. That's the way it should be. So do you feel like liberated? How do you like, how do you feel like it, it's a weird transition you were there for what 30, right? I was there for 23, 27, 27. Okay. Well, it's funny. Jamal Crawford is the sweetest person ever, by the way, he donated a thousand dollars for each of my 27 years to the uh, run freely foundation that Gretchen and I started. I'm going to hold up a leg brace right here. We'll talk about that another time, but I have ruined ankle, got this thing and we're helping veterans. And I said, uh, Jamal, it's actually 27 years, one month. So if you want to make a check, you know, add a little bigger. Yeah. The weird part for me was Norby Williamson, the boss, one of the bosses. And I had this conversation on May 10th where it was determined I was not going to stay. And it immediately moved to, well, do you want to do your remaining shows? How do you want to handle explaining it? All that. And I was like, well, I'm on paper to do eight more shows. I, I should do eight. Like, I'm not quitting on you. I, I'm not staying after May 31 but I'm going to live up to what I signed up for. You know, if you want to take me off them, take me off them, but I'm not going to be the one to say, take me off them. So that was the weird part, the kind of surreal. I'm not going to be here in three weeks, but I'm still doing Cubs Marlins highlight tonight. The show's <laughs> got looser, yeah. but not absurd. Not, no, care, not caring helps, not caring helps. Well, yes. And you know, you and I did a bunch of shows together and we cared yeah. greatly about being, we did right. Right. That everybody always mistakes that like, Oh, they just joke around. 
It's like, no, we care deeply about being accurate. Like you feel terrible when you screw something up, but it's just sports. So team A plays team B, team C plays team D, you know, unless it's some significant thing, it's just another Tuesday or whatever. But the very last show, I would argue, I think I did my best show on my last show, I guess is the best way to put it. It was, it was a tribute to you, which I thought was pretty cool. But I wasn't, I swear to God, I wasn't trying to, I just said, I didn't them, say hey, you were trying. Just, yeah. It just worked out that way. You know, I said to uh, Derek Kamagan, he was going to be my producer and way ahead. We played golf and we talked to, I said, uh-huh. look, here's what I would do. I would have whoever would say yes. I was going to ask four or five people and they all said yes. What if they were live? We're talking Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay situation. Hey, hold on. We got uh, Marlins Cubs highlight coming at you. Do the highlight. Come back to him. Back to the interview. Yeah. Put a break. Coming up, Marshawn Lynch. If he can get his Wi-Fi working, he'll join us next. I t- I'm trying to remember when we did our first show, but we did a bunch of 1 a.m.s for a bunch of years. But I think they made a stop because you made me laugh like every night. And the fixes for those that don't know, like the old 1 a.m. Sports Center used to run all morning long. Like you'd go on at 1 a.m. Yeah, till noon the next day. Like it went forever. Like you were on hours. there for 13 hours. Yeah. And you had to get everything right and you had to make sure everything was done. Like the worst thing you could hear was rain delay in California for a baseball game. You're going to be there forever. Right. right. But, or if you said Nikolai Kabibulin as his name, <laughs> Hobby Bulin. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did a bunch of those and you kept making me laugh. So like we had to do the fixes kept getting longer and longer. And I think that's why they, they, they stopped putting us on the 1 a.m. show because I kept screwing it up. Well, it wasn't you. It was just the system too. You know, this is back in the day when it wasn't all digital. They were literally rolling, you know, two-inch tape in some distant room. So if you said Kabibulin and not Habibulin, you had to find that moment of Kabibulin and Habibulin. <laughs> or slice it. Whole, but I was always like, why don't we do the highlights a minute nine, say, a minute 20, whatever it is. That'll take a minute 20, won't it? Because it's a mi- instead, no, we're going to fix Kabibulin for three hours until we get that stupid word in that one little thing of the, you got, you know, these twigs of there's that much space. Uh, and then uh, Scott Van Pelt and I, for the show called Main Street, uh, which was our little situation comedy that ran on ESPN.com, what, 2006, 7, 8, somewhere there. Famous people were in that. Uh, they became famous anyway. We did our first episode called Fixes, and it was Scott Van Pelt and I, and I kept screwing up uh, Rafa Nadal's name. Allison Becker's my producer, and she's like, please say Rafa, please, you know. And Scott's like, um, it's like 4 a.m. now. Scott's like, my counselor, Vikram, says my marriage is falling apart because I'm not home. And I'm like, you're blaming me for the dissolution of your marriage? He's like, no, not just for that, but for the estrangement for my children. And Scott didn't have kids at the time, but he was acting. Uh, yeah, fixes, fixes is a funny thing. Um, and you only know it if you know it. Like, you can describe it, but until you've lived it, it's really hard to, and and you're just, your body's giving out. You're just saying stupid shit at the end. Like the greatest thing ever on SportsCenter was the live goodbye that didn't get fixed because that was the last live goodbye. And then the fixes would happen after. You could just say anything. Pudding will be available on the street in one minute. Goodbye, everyone. I'm out. Speaking of, you could say anything. There, there was an infamous 1 a.m. show that you did during the all-star break <laughs> where where it was a major league, I think it was a major league all-star break or NBA. I don't know. There was nothing going on. And uh, it was oh, the yeah. tray of meats. It was the tray, <laughs> tray of meats. Tees. It's legendary inside the building. Nobody watched the show. So no one else. Had, but so, that was the whole point. Yeah. There was nothing going on. So you guys decided it was, uh, it was you. I, I don't know who you did it with. Andy Tennant. Yeah. And, who's and now Jim, like a boss. Andy Tennant yeah. now wears a blue blazer and a turtleneck. Yeah. He's he's that important kind of now. 
Um, no, good guy. But, great guy. But but you decided to, we're just going to go all in. Jim, Jim Bowden was a CP. Rob DiGiaro. Rob, Rob DiGiaro. DiGiaro. Anybody and, in and the it was like Give me a janitor. <laughs> Anybody. Answer the phone. <laughs> you just... You, you, but you just you did a whole thing about tray of meats and uh, yeah, there was know, a conveyor it, belt of well yeah. basically I said I'm writing the, the tease for again for those of us you know the thing that right out of the gate coming, coming up, up on, on sports center, center. Blah, 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 yeah, right yeah, yeah so that night I'm like we're leading with the Clippers okay and this is back when the Clippers sucked and they were maybe going to make the playoffs so they were going for the eight spot right that was going to be our lead story Clippers battling for the eight spot that so you know the show's pretty bad if that's the best you got. <laughs> like, what are we doing after that so i was like why don't we write a show or write a tease about what we won't have and a little of what we will have just sort of mock the fact our show sucks yet it's gonna be a fun show look at our tease our tease is pretty good why would you not want to keep watching more and uh we went way off the bridge we just kept going didn't, and didn't, didn't you put in like the mission statement to take risks was that's that, a fact we yeah, yeah. We, we also put a picture of the company president was it yeah. was it Steve it was Steve Bornstein at the time. Oh Bornstein. Right? It was Bornstein. It was Bornstein. Yeah. yeah. It said um, our mission statement is to take risks. And we are <laughs> and it, it lets you say it was not well received by certain people that you might have already mentioned on this. Somebody podcast. said something like, as opposed to running a tease, why didn't you take out a fucking gun and kill yourself? Like that <laughs> that's was, exactly right. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to, to no. that or yeah, that horrible it was meant, yeah. I beat yeah. that, whatever. But the point, no, it's okay. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. That, but okay. that the point, it, the point, the point was, it was so unreceived by that. That's how strongly they felt. I was like, it's a flipping tease, man. Relax. It was you could argue sometimes if something is not well received, it must have been good. You could argue that in some cases, not all cases. And I'm not picking on him at all. Just it was definitely a little too avant-garde for ESPN <laughs> Sports Center in that era. I will say that. Sure. You know what? Screw it. It was funny and it was memorable and it made me laugh. We're still talking about it. Still talking about it. Yeah. So what? What are you? What are you gonna do? The first thing somebody asked, I think it was Lebetard. This is like day later. He called me immediately. Like, called me eleven. You're on my show. Go. You're on live. Go. Like, no, Lebetard and our friends, as we are. Uh, you didn't call that day. Had you been the guy, I would have been this. You know, whoever my friends. Why would I not do it? And also, as my own agent and publicist and manager, why wouldn't I want to keep my name fresh? For those people that might watch your show and go oh that was funny half hour let's keep, you know right that's right hard. yeah so um i'm not gretchen's calling it the ken main ego tour she's, that's what she's <laughs> describing <laughs> <of> time as. <laughs> she might be right um what was the question i don't know i don't know i said the lebitard i want to make commercials because i've done a bunch of them and i know how to make them and you've done very and well so i name dropped a company i'll do it here olipop olipop pop yeah drink olipop.com and they literally got a hold of me that same day. Like I'm out here right here barbecuing and I get this text message or a DM on Twitter and I, they want to send me free pop for the nice mention. I said, fuck free pop. I want to make a commercial yeah. for you. Give me the guy's name. So I get the guy's yeah. name, Steven. I called him a minute later. We had a great talk. The next day we made a deal. The next five days later, we shot a commercial right over there behind the backyard and it's airing With a big now. wheelbarrow full of sugar. I saw it. Yeah. It's awesome. And then subsequent to that, Jason Jobs, my good friend out in Seattle, we were golfing a bunch, and we started saying, like, why don't we, if we just think of something stupid, like the tray of meat, right? If we think of yeah. something that stupid, let's go do it and see what happens after. Don't worry about who wants to buy it. Go right. do it. Make, make the thing you make sellable as opposed to the idea that they can't get because they won't get it, right? So yeah. we did. We shot children's miniature golf. It got, like, 
three million impressions like just i didn't know how it happened justin bieber must have retweeted i have no idea why it got that many and then i called back to olipop hey i got five more of those you want to be attached to it they said yes and so there's commercial number two i shot a commercial for madden am i supposed to say that i did so far i'm doing what i said i'm doing i've done three commercials i guess in two weeks and that's pretty good I'm just answering the question. I wasn't trying to brag. I was like, no, 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 no. Does it, does it feel, I mean, like for me, there was this sort of weird, like, well, what do I do now? And then I realized why didn't I do this sooner? There was a little bit of that to me, but I would say the timing for me and for you too, cause you're not a few months before, like we're same, same category, a really good market to jump into right now. There seems to be a lot of people um, who liked what we did. So I'm going to go talk to them. And and I'll I'll certainly do something more, quote unquote, permanent. I'm not yeah, going to go yeah. somewhere five days a week. No. But I'm going to do with this thing with this company and that thing with that company, and hopefully there'll be time to do like my little art projects, if you will. Like I got kind of weird ideas that might not sell somewhere, but I after I make them, they might, right? So that's what I'm going to do. Why does Aaron Rodgers call you Ken instead of Kenny? Same same reason Gretchen, my wife, does. It's to Give get, me a hard get your time. attention yeah no well yeah I, I literally do. i i've never heard anybody call you ken before other than gretchen and aaron apparently yeah right yeah he does it to be silly like hey ken can you, you know like yeah. right hey yeah. buddy you know or 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 be official i think aaron does because i'm 61 years old my name is still kenny that's i think they're trying to say once you grow up is what they're saying yeah. and i say it right back to them well, my, yeah, my name is ridiculous too. So I, I get that. But I just, I'd never heard anybody else call you Ken. Um, that was just, uh, it, it, was off, it was almost off-putting. Noel Sansever of uh, Eastern Montana, my, my good friend, Mark, best friend, Mark, uh, his brother. Uh, Noel would, like, we would play golf and he would always call it the Ken Main Invitational. This is 30, <laughs> 40 years ago. So it's been out there. I, I felt like there'd be a time where I'd mature enough to switch to Ken. It just doesn't fit me, I don't think. Hi, I'm yeah. Ken Main. I say, yeah. so. It's a joke to say it that way. Is why it's is why. Well, like it. my real name is Hal, right? I'm Just Hal. Stick with, yeah, stick with like trade. Hal is like the worst name ever. Like I, I don't feel. I think Hal is like a 45 year old guy who has a bowling league. I just I feel it's the just same. Not, yeah, Ken Main. No, Ken Hal. No, but Trey uh, Kenny better. Definitely, I might use that in the way we're talking about. Like that is a way to, like I think the Olipop guy he's been using it ken main spokesman like he just says it to be funny right it's yeah you had the greatest quote ever one time when you were going through a, a contract negotiation and it stuck with me this is like like 20 years ago 20 plus years ago i remember you you was an interview for usa today when that was a thing you said i don't look to espn for validation i look to espn for money and i i had like just gotten there and been there you're like damn that's absolutely correct. And I think sometimes you find yourself thinking the other way, which is just stupid. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of people in any job, and again, we're, I hope people get, we're not like acting like we're some, we just did some stupid TV job, like whatever. Like a bunch of people know how to do that. But yes, I would get in those places where, like I don't think I have a big ego, but I think I, I know how to do what I do and I have confidence in how to do the stuff I do. I think I write okay and I think I'm not horrible presenting. and. I'd already proven that. So I'm not looking for them to pat me on. Hey, nice show last night. Or boy, you're good at this. I'm just looking at them on a mercenary basis to get money out of them as they Correct. were me to make Correct. money, right? Like whatever I do yeah. helps them make where it's an exchange. It's a fair exchange. Right. 
services. And, and, and so the point was, you know, they don't need to give me flattery. You can't go to, can't go to 7-Eleven by a Slurpee with flattery. Um, and it wasn't being a dick. It was more just a way of thinking at it, you know, like, but, but, but it's it was accurate, right? It was yeah. so accurate. And I never thought about it that way until I saw it in print, which well, the thing that was again. funny all the time I was there. And again, none of this is with any malice. I totally appreciate ESPN giving me a great opportunity. I came out of absolutely nowhere to get hired in the first place. And I kept getting these little notches up I'm next to Dan Patrick three years after I got there. What the hell, you know, that made no sense. I was like, okay, I'll do that. You know, I didn't bid for it. I didn't even lobby for, it. I just got picked for it somehow. So um, that, that's kind of how I always looked at it. Just like go there and do your best. And I had never got other offers. Like I would contact NBC or CBS or Fox, whoever for doing the football stories, right? I did these silly football stories for years, 10 years, 12 years. And they always flattered me, but they never made an offer. So the only way I ever got my offer to get better was to pretend I was going to quit. And then yeah. they'd come up and I'd stay. And then this last time we did it the other way where they, they took it down and I said, no, thanks. I just felt like they said an over under, you know, the gambling term and I'm going to go play the over. And there's, again, I'm not saying that there's no rip here. There's I got a million great friends. I wish them all the best. They're going to have great programming as they always have. And I won't be there. I'll be doing Olipop commercials or children's miniature golf or talking to you. My favorite thing that you did was one of the greatest boondoggles of all time was the wider world of sports. That was fun. I mean, we did, we did for three years. How long, how long did that last? Well, we have an inside joke with the crew that put the, the first two years we were international and the third year yeah. we went domestic as we explained it. So what happened was I was doing main street, which I referred to earlier. That was with, I'm going to name drop all these people because they're famous now. It's kind of cool to say I worked with them. Honestly. Yeah. And they're all friends, you know, Allison Becker and Aubrey Plaza and, John Glazer and Ben Schwartz and uh, uh, I'm going to leave out some names and I'm going to, I'm going to stop right there because those are the fucking headliners. All right. The rest exactly. of you guys get better. Okay. No, Chris Smith, was in it. <laughs> Lenny Jacobson, Mulaney was in it. Ben yeah. Stiller, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. you know, on and on and on. Right. But the young ones I was talking about, they were, they were young, you know, they were just like New York comedy stuff and upright citizens. And so getting to this thing with ESPN was cool for them as well. Right. Um, and then from there, they all went on, did huge stuff. So they were going to kill that, right? After we did that for two years, I think. We did like three or four seasons, whatever it was. And they just kind of told me one day, we're not doing that anymore with no real reason. I was like, isn't it good though? Like, shouldn't merit count for something? Everything is always measured by numbers. I'm like, well, yeah, if, if you advertised it and stuck it on eight o'clock or after a Steph Curry game, I bet, well, Steph wasn't involved then, but you know, whoever was playing back then, somebody famous. And, um, they didn't do that. It just kind of got put on the internet and it was here and, and, and it was the social media revolution hadn't really started. I think Twitter had just started literally like right as we were starting doing this. Right. And so if we did that kind of show now where everybody wants this short three minute content be huge. Yeah. So, um, they were going to kill it. So I went into John Skipper, the former president and I said, Hey, I got an idea because I didn't want them to replace that part of my contract with you're now covering, you know, Bocce. Yeah. <laughs> Icelandic <laughs> rugby. Although I'd love to go to Iceland. So I guess I wouldn't have cared. But I was worried about what would fill that part right. of my contract. Exactly. I said, I got an idea. Remember Wide World of Sports, Agony Defeat, that whole thing? We're going to add the letter R. Our show's called Wider World of Sports. And, and you went everywhere. London uh, opening, I, we went to an easy one first. Let, why don't we try an English speaking country? <laughs> walk before you run kind of thing. Ireland, uh, Switzerland, 
Um, we didn't go to Iceland. We should have. Went to Nicaragua, Brazil, uh, Thailand, New Zealand. The next year we went to California. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but it's incredible. Like like that thing. Like uh, one of my favorite ones. You went to you went to the, I think the Ireland where they the game in the street where they hit the rock as far down the thing as they, they could go. It. No, they, they throw, throw it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably my favorite event. Probably the greatest one that we did though was the Palio, which is a horse race in Siena, Italy. They clear out this courtyard, this beautiful plaza where all the restaurants have their, and they pull back the tables, they throw down dirt. There are 17 districts in the town. They're called Contradas. And each one has a name. There's the unicorns and the owls and the fish and whatever. And 10 of them get to be in a horse race twice a summer. Those who didn't get in the first part get in the second part. You know what I'm saying? So all of them get to play. And then it means the world. They think if they win this horse race, their wine crop will be great for five years. You right. know, they will have babies that are healthy. You know, all these all these yeah. blessings are going to come to them, right? And if they lose or their rival contrata beats them, they're like, you know, it's like a parody of an Italian film, like, oh, my, right. you know, like, and <laughs> so we made friends with uh, the- La the Dolce beautiful. Not Vita. What's yeah. that? La, La Vita Not Dolce. Yeah. Whatever. The, the opposite, uh, yeah. Had the greatest time. My crew was amazing. The guys from DGA, Matt Doyle, Big Brick Productions, and all my friends already. We just got to travel the world, went to Italy for 12 days. But we really worked is the thing. It wasn't. No, no, you did work. But I mean, it was it was good. It was it was work with excellent benefits. Yeah. Didn't you do a demolition derby, too? Well, that was when we got moved domestically to save money because they realized Kenny's first class trip to London just cost us fourteen thousand dollars. You know, New Zealand Zealand was a little more expensive. Yeah. But we we parlayed that with the Thailand trip to save money, you know. No, it w- but the thing is, like I argued afterward, I said, yeah, it cost some money, but you also had sponsors. We had two different sponsors. I don't know how much they paid, but they offset it. And if you they weren't, they weren't it, losing money on it. They weren't losing money on if it. If only they had made that be special. I thought it was pretty good material. Probably the best thing I ever did, I would say, in my 27 years. I freaking loved it. And I was je- honestly, I was jealous because, like, you're going well, all those places that I want to go. Yeah, that's <laughs> and I, look- yeah. I'm doing the like, 1 a.m. Sports Center on ESPN News because the game went long. And he's that on a horse race in Italy. Right yeah, exactly. So the other and one you mentioned was yeah. Irish road bowling. Yeah, so yeah. they have a two-pound um, iron ball. Like, it looks like a baseball, but it's iron ball. And these two guys from two towns, the toughest, biggest throwers in town, they come up. Just Google it. Put in Maine yeah. Irish road bowling. See the whole thing. And they throw yeah. a ball down the street. Wherever it goes, it's like golf now. Who's ever away goes next. And they throw it again, and they throw it again. You have to throw a ball a mile and a quarter, and that's the game. That's it. But it's amazing. Well, that's like when every year when I would go to the Pro Bowl in Maui, like, and I'd stay there, it's Scott Van Pelt would text me and said, I hope you get scurvy because, you know, it's like, it's like 23 inches oh, of snow that's in Connecticut. The we were mad at you. Not mad, but jealous. You know, like – I'm doing, Yes. Yeah. what am I doing right now? I'm doing a hockey game that went to four overtimes and it's 3.45 in the morning. <laughs> and then there's been a real story, you know, like a serious story. Oh, now we're staying late for the real, you know. And Trey's over there in a luau shirt on a beat <laughs> with Schlereth or somebody. And you guys probably shot that at 10 a.m. We did. Wow. The the time practice, zone really Chris practice for the NFC squad. There's they a lot of sweat go. going on there today. They're ready to put it all on the or line the for the, for the Pro Bowl. He answers that question. <laughs> now we're playing golf. You're holding a football because you were – people forget you played quarterback at UNLV before Randall Cunningham. Like you were – you were the, 
Yeah, you were the guy. I'd ever say that correctly for starters. I it was sitting in the corner, and it's to me, it's like a pacifier. Like some guys, Stuart Scott always, you know, pretended he was golfing, right? It felt good to be doing this thing. And I don't know. I don't. It's fun to. It just calms me. So when I do interviews, a lot of times I just have one in my hand. It calms me. It's like a binky. Um, I always have to have a pen. When I was always said, I always yeah. had to have oh, a pen for in sure. my hand. On sports like, I hated not having a pen. You had to have a Even pen on in a, your hand. Agreed. And, and you would have crappy yeah. pens, and I would get mad at you. <laughs> not that you had to have a cross $300 pen, but don't be bringing out these crappy yellow. Bix. I'm not going to mention the product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it feels good to have it. And so, yes, I was a senior in 1981. Sam King, you can Google it, was our yeah. starter. Good friend. He just texted me yesterday. Um, he led the nation in passing yards. So no insult that I was second to him. Played a little bit. I didn't play much. I played a lot in JC, but not at UNLV. I was probably through 100 passes in two years, you know, three touchdowns, three picks or something, like nothing special. Randall was a freshman, and Alan Reynolds was third string from Buell, Idaho. And we knew Randall was going to be what he was. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But he was a freshman, and Sam, you know, at, at the time, Sam and I knew how to and, – and Alan knew how to run the offense and – Randall didn't. Not that he was dumb. He just was a freshman. Rand, Randall, if Randall had Billick all his career, yeah. If they had that Minnesota, that offense, just imagine yeah. he would have, yeah. Uh, good guy. He's coaching his kids still and he's a right. pastor in Vegas. But the reason I bring that up is because you wrecked your ankle in a game. Was it, who is it? It was against Utah? Oregon. 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 Yeah. That was the year before, 1980. Uh, last play of a game. We're getting murdered. I'm out there because I'm second string. And scores 33 to nine, I believe. Yeah. 19 seconds to get, whatever it was, right? 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm like, well, you don't quit, right? When I'm going to kneel down. Like an NBA, game's over. We're dribbling for 19 seconds. When you're a fresh or not a freshman, a junior, and you're kind of like the outsider trying to make a mark, I was like, screw it, 95. That was our triple go route outside and the tight end up the middle. Threw a horrible pass. It was rainy. It slipped. I slipped. On my left side, Somebody stood me up on my right side. A guy stuck his helmet on my ankle. You can Google that as well. It's, it's on the internet. Um, so, but I came back and played the next year is the crazy thing. And then it was a fracture dislocation. And all these years later, you know, I had all these surgeries and now I'm 50, 52, somewhere there. And I was not joking. I went to uh, Seattle. I went to amputation guy and I went to a replacement guy and I went to a fusion guy. I should have showed, should have told that story with the amputation being third there. Um, and they saved my life in a way. They, they're like, dude, you're too young. It's messed up. Yes. You're in pain. Yes. Go get better therapy. Go find a brace. You know, they gave me some connections. Found this guy, Nino Pribic in Kirkland, Washington. If you need any chiropractic help, uh, he's become a friend. He also saved my ankle. He, he brought it back to life, basically. Then I got a brace, but then I got a better brace. A few years later, this here, yeah, called an ExoSim. And Gretchen, who's still working, uh, she got me... And we, we just inspired each other on one phone call. I was like crying on the phone. I can't believe what I just got. Like I'm running on day one on the treadmill, 15 miles an hour. So we well, started I mean, the foundation. There, there were, yeah, run freely. Run, yeah, there were, there were days where you couldn't wear shoes. Like literally I, your ankle was so big. You couldn't put a shoe on. Well, not just that. I still don't really wear shoes often. I have these yeah. fake shoes. I wear like I did that commercial. I, I watched They said they'd shoot out the shoes. So I didn't have to. Yeah. I like flip flops. I like bare feet. Flip-flop yeah. second, slippers distant third. Yeah. And I was at a Kentucky Derby with Gretchen a few years back. I was wearing dress shoes all day. My ankle was like this big. Yeah. And we got out of the car after dinner. I took the shoes off, gave them to the valet, and I've never worn dress shoes again. <laughs> I, I don't own any, and I never will. 
because nah, they just I. don't they don't they don't bless me but they're the not brace, fun. yeah go back to the brace like and call a device they're they're, they're insulted if you just call it a brace um i can i just play golf five times i threw the football yesterday the other day at unlv um i can walk with her i can you know hike i can run with the dogs so it's amazing and we've helped now uh, all the people not just us like people send in money 100 bucks 10 bucks five bucks jamal crawford our leading sponsor he gave twenty seven thousand dollars to represent each of my years at espn that, i mean i almost that was that was a sweet moment you're now sending these braces the run through run philly to veterans who need them yeah they come they got to come to seattle gig harbor um for like a week get tested get outfitted then they they do a mold then they, you know first they vet them like are they eligible do, does their injury merit using this thing and it's amazing. Since I announced I was leaving the ESPN, I think we've raised enough to get seven new veterans. Awesome. And we've only burned one of the, the costs. So we got six we're looking for. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, um, it's really cool. I'll consider it a highlight of, of my time at ESPN. Like the first thing they said, you're going to work with Kenny Mayne. I was like, shit. I, I, you, I was like legit nervous. You know what I mean? Like you made me nervous. You made a splash on your entrance because when you came in, you were hired to do ESPN News. And that was... Yeah. It was a good, you know, a good way to break in. Just like I broke in on ESPN2 Sports Match. Like, that was Smash, probably a yeah. good way to break in, right? You got quoted, I think, saying something like, I'm not here to be a mop-up boy or I don't know, something. No, no. So so here, there's a guy named Dan Caesar who wrote for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So he gave me, before the article starts, he said, so uh, as the new guy, uh, are you going to have to get Dan Patrick's, uh, you know, gave Aaron Boy. The, yeah, Aaron Boy. Yeah, and I said, yeah. well, I hope I don't have to be the towel boy too long. That's what it and was. Then, yeah, and then he went into this entire thing about, you know, you started ESPN, you do this, this. So it, it, the quote was, you know, he, he doesn't want to be on ESPN News forever, and then he added, I don't want to have yeah. to be the towel boy too long, which you was totally out of context. Out of context. Oh. So everybody signed yeah. a towel, that, that, oh. you know, towel boy rules in blah, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. And the only two people that said something nice on the towel were you and Stuart. You both said welcome. Everyone else was like, just a total. I still yeah. have the towel. I, I did, still have I, the towel. I already guessed that it probably got taken out of context. And yeah. even if you did say that, like, oh, this guy, he's coming to play. Let's go. Like, I remember, I mean, I, my hiring is a 20 minute story, but I had a TV job in Seattle. I interviewed with ESPN. I didn't get hired because I didn't know who the fifth pitcher on the Cubs was. Interviewed again did the Goodwill games. Now I'm a freelancer for four years while I'm assembling garbage cans and selling prepaid legal insurance and working for MCI and sales. So for four years, I was trying to impress ESPN. Like I'm good enough to, you know, hire me for real. Don't string me along with all these, you know, Ken Griffey interviews for a minute, you know, like I would interview Griffey. Then I'd write on a side sheet. Here's the story you could edit. Here's my opening paragraph. Here's the next. They're like, who is this weirdo? Why is he doing extra credit? You know? Well, cause I'm trying to show you, I can do it. You know, like I was trying to show it. And they, they thought I was, you know, out of my mind. A couple of bosses stopped taking my calls. Some others kept taking my calls. And some people on the desk kept taking my calls. Uh, Eric Lynch and Mike Stinton and uh, Eric Lynch. Um, Jim Cohen was really good to me. I'm leaving yeah. out some others. But yeah, yeah. they're like, this guy's interesting. He really wants to do this. So I didn't think you were, <coughs> excuse me, out of line at all. Like, whatever. And you ended up being pretty good. So who cares? It's funny now, but it was it was such a thing. Like Bill Pito called me. He said, "Hey, man, you better be prepared when you walk in the door." I'm like, yeah. "What the hell?" You know. I wanted to plug my children's miniature golf, if you don't mind. Briefly. Do it. Plug away. Plug away. So I think I mentioned it roughly earlier before, but my friend Jason and I threw it out in the universe, and I don't know why. Like I said, I don't know why it happened, but it did. 
So now we're releasing some more. We hope people pay interest to those on my Twitter. The kid today or yesterday, I guess it was, we're, we're proud of that work. Uh, it's yeah. very esoteric and it's not my full-time job yet. I mean, it might be, maybe I just travel the country and do miniature golf coverage. What would be better than that? There's, you know, any work is good work. Like when Correct. people, my dad always taught me this, like you treat the janitor the same way you treat the VP of the company walking down the hall. And I've always Correct. lived that way. Yeah. She said they're called custodians. Okay. It, well, the custodial staff will be well represented. I, I promise um, you. But All I right. Know. Treat humans like human. That's why yeah. when you do interviews, like, I mean, we already know each other, but yeah. right. That's why yeah. some of the athletes don't like to do interviews because people yeah. don't treat them like human beings. Correct. They're just and those guys that play treat sports. them like human beings do better and the interviews better. So I agree. Um, so anyway, go do your thing. Uh, I'm proud to be a part of the Ken Main ego tour uh at the moment so Thanks this is, this is gotta, good. you know what i got more ego coming up on some other channel all right blessings see ya thank you good seeing you all right buddy talk to you soon good work that was great always great to catch up with kenny he's doing really well trust me he'll be fine uh coming up next on our next episode of half forgotten history 1984 was a very seminal summer for me it was the year between my junior and senior year in college a lot of good things happened that summer. Some we won't go into, but we will go into some of the cultural and sports things that happened uh, with John Wertheim, who has worked for Sports Illustrated forever and is also working with uh, CBS. He's written a book called Glory Days about the summer of 1984, 90 days that changed sports and culture forever. Uh, John Wertheim, next time on Half Forgotten History. Half Forgotten History.